Hello and welcome to Rebounding Faith. I'm Gina Ferrari. I'm Kristen Corona. And I'm Catherine Baer. When walking in faith seems impossible and you can't see the purpose in your pain, we are here to help you find hope in the struggle. Welcome to Rebounding Faith. We are so honored to have you with us today, and we're looking forward to the next 30 to 45 minutes with you all. I'm Kristen Corona, and I'm joined by some of my favorite gal pals, Catherine yes, and Gina. Hello, hello. How are you guys doing today? Howdy. Good. Great. Good. I wanted to start this episode just by giving you guys a heads up that we, as always, I think we say this in every episode, really want your all's feedback on how we can better serve you, what you guys like, what you don't like. And we've noticed um, in some of the trends on the podcast and also been given some feedback from you guys that your, I, I would say, operating rhythm with maybe how you listen to podcasts is every other week. Right now we're recording weekly. Um, so I think for the next month or two, I should probably longer than a month because that would only be two. We're going to try out uh, releasing our podcast every other week. So we'll right. try it, get some feedback from you guys, see how you like it. Obviously, we would love to be with you every week, but we also want to make sure that we're giving you guys what you need. We're hoping that absence makes the heart grow fonder. Please don't wander. <laughs> <laughs> Come on know, back. Let us know what you guys think. I'm really excited about the topic today. And again, in the spirit of feedback from you all, I'm constantly asking people, and we get a lot on our website and via different social media platforms related to different topics. And I know something that a lot of you want to talk about is how we as women can selflessly put others before ourselves. And while in many ways we'd have it in no other way, it comes at the detriment to our own well-being at times and our relationship with God. It can create a push and pull where on one hand, seeing those around us happy causes us to feel joy. But on the other hand, we often lay in bed at night thinking about all of the things that we aren't doing or making time for. Making lists. Making right? lists. Yep. <laughs> the never-ending list. Yep. And this can impact our, our overall health and wellness. This can be especially true for our relationship with God and where we prioritize him mm. amongst all of the things we have to do. Yep. So I'm really excited to talk with you guys about this today. We haven't done this before, but prior to, prior to releasing this podcast or even recording it, what I wanted to do was just do a pulse with some of the people that listen to the podcast to see how they were feeling. So I was able to speak with three different women, and I'm going to um, read through some quotes that they had about this topic. Hmm. So I'll start with the first one. After the traumatic loss of a coworker in 2019, I found I was focused on making sure everyone else was always okay. I could never relax, and I felt like there was always more I could be doing for others, not realizing the toll I was taking on my own well-being. Then COVID hit, and my job in 2020 and beyond extended to that of a COVID expert and continuous company caregiver. It wasn't until I was forced to do so that I recognized the need to put on my own oxygen mask first. I have a photo and a sign in my office that was sent to me by a good friend and partner. It is a picture of Wonder Woman having a cup of coffee, sitting peacefully alone. <laughs> it says, don't forget to take time for yourself before going off to save the world. 
This hit home, and I became intentional about the, the need to ensure I was good, whether that was a walk, a book, a nap, quiet time with a cup of tea, time with my friends, etc. I soon realized when I took time to relax, I was that much better at being there for others. Mm. That's great. I love that. Yeah, what do you guys think? Well, first, I love the image of Wonder Woman sitting down with a cup of coffee. Yeah. Right. Like, it was just something they never really show in the Marvel. <laughs> Sorry, is it DC? Oh, I, I might have just made a, car, a big error there. <laughs> uh, one of those, in the movies, they're not showing her. It's just always, you know, go, 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 and mm-hmm. we wonder how she does it. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting. She slows down with a cup of coffee, yeah. takes care of herself, yeah. and then goes on love to that. save the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's really good. The other um, quote that I have is from one of my good friends who's actually a hairdresser. So you can imagine um, just the amount of women that she talks Mm -hmm. to that come through her salon. And she said, a lot of women feel guilty to say no to anyone. For example, one woman I know in just one week put together a graduation event for her kids' school, hosted a baby shower, ran her kids everywhere, made time to cook, look cute for her husband, clean the house, etc. She's a stay-at-home mom, and she feels she has no right to just have a self-care day. She always has to be given to her family. Mm. Most of the women I talk to feel responsible to handle all of the chores on their day off, not allowing for time to relax, while their husbands have no problem going golfing, surfing, etc. <laughs> Some of my clients' kids and husbands constantly call and text them while they're trying to relax and get their hair done, asking, when will they be done? What's for dinner? I myself even have issues with saying no and struggle with work-life balance. There doesn't seem to be time for self-care. Is there such thing? At, is there really such thing as work-life balance? Okay. Well, first, I have a couple things to say about this. <laughs> first, I find it amazing and a little comical that she made time to look cute for her husband. Yeah. After a baby shower, running her kids everywhere, going back, what, she put together a graduation event Mm -hmm. for her kids' school and hosted a baby shower, (laughs) not just went to one, but hosted one. I mean, my gosh, I would be like, if I got out of sweats and threw a hat (laughs) on, I'd be doing good. Yeah. So, (laughs) wow, kudos to her, whoever that was. I'm not very pleasant when I'm doing that many things that force me to socially engage Mm -hmm. at that level. So I think that is amazing, and I love how we added, or whoever this was, while their husbands have no problem going golfing and surfing. <laughs> I love that. Now, you um, can tell we're in Southern California. Yes, <laughs> yes. Now, my husband, I mean, he does a lot, so I am very fortunate in that way. I kind of wish he would go golfing more or go surfing more, like do more of that. <laughs> But I think it's interesting that we as women do have to struggle and make the choice with work-life balance. And it, I think it erodes our peace in so many ways mm. because we are expected. And I've noticed that. I'm, I have a career, right, as well as pursuing a ministry. And I have noticed that, you know, the men that I work with, they're not thinking about what's for dinner. They're not, they don't have to. Their mm-hmm. wives are stay-at-home. And the wives are taking care of all of that. Mm -hmm. And so while I'm in a meeting, I'm juggling thoughts of what do I need to do for dinner? What do I need to, you know, and my husband helps and picks up and help. We split the cooking and stuff. But the point is, is that it does weigh on us. And Mm -hmm. we do think about that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, I thought this was an interesting, this is the last quote I'm going to read to that someone sent me, but it says, I think it's a really fine line to love others in a godly way while making sure you are taking care of yourself. I really hit a hard patch last year when all I was doing was giving and going and not stopping to make sure I was full. I think God calls us to love him first, which takes meaningful time that I have to give myself in order to love others well. You know what makes me think about this uh, verse when you read that is to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we always think of that in terms of like we love ourselves so much that we should put our neighbors in front of our of ourselves, you know, and stop loving ourselves and start loving our neighbors. But in actuality, if you flip that, maybe we're loving our neighbors so much that we are, like you said, to our own detriment, mm -hmm. that maybe we need to reverse that and take care of ourselves, right? And it makes me think of the oxygen mask theory and Gina, I know one of your hidden talents that we don't talk about very often is that you were a flight attendant. Yeah. yeah, I flew for Virgin America and it was a really fun experience. And you know, one Wait, of the- Wait, I have to ask, did uh, you ever do the- the speech at the the front oh, of the airplane. Yeah, and she's like, really great at it. She has a good voice. Yeah. Do you remember any of it? <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah she's cushion. getting ready to say it. She's gonna say, "Put your oxygen your own oxygen I was just mask gonna on say, first. Well, I definitely remember the part that you know we say in 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 the chance unlikely event yes. of a water landing <laughs> or or of a loss of cabin pressure. Oh, that's there a will good be one. a mass that drops down. Yes. Make sure that you. Take the mask, put it on yourself mm. before you put Assist. it on your child. So yes. that's the whole point. You can't serve somebody else. You can't save someone else if you don't first take time yeah. to save yourself. And yeah. So it's putting that oxygen mask on you so that you can think clearly enough to take care of those that are going to need you. And I have to wonder how, not that God, please... Don't ever let me be in that event <laughs> where the oxygen masks are Drop dropping down. and you have to take care of yourself. But if you have a small child next to you, wouldn't your mother's instinct be Absolutely. to just quickly get it on the child? Right. But yet, if you collapse from lack of oxygen, both you and the child. Right. Right. You know, There's that's that, so much to it's that. There's a reason that we mm -hmm. give those out, that out in the safety presentation. It's yeah. that important. Yeah. Interesting. Well, let's break this down into two different ways of thinking, right? So I'd like to spend a little bit of time on how did we how did we get here? Mm -hmm. Because I think there's some truth, albeit I know that we joke about how men in particular maybe don't have the same sorts of struggles that we do relative mm -hmm. to this topic. They have different they struggles. They have different struggles. Mm -hmm. yep. But I do think that um, if we think about history, both from a biblical sense, but also just what's been happening in our country the last 300 years, I think that you can kind of get your brain wrapped around why us as women might be in this position and struggle with this. But then I also want to look at, so what do, what do we do about it, right? So let's start from a biblical standpoint, because um, I, I think that this can be challenging, especially for women the way that we might interpret certain things in the Bible. And especially, how do we give context to things in the Bible from hundreds of years ago in today's world? Right. Right? Mm -hmm. So let's look at a couple different verses 
And um, the first is Ephesians 5, 22 through 23. It says, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. So interesting. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, um, I just had a funny story I wanted to share with you guys. Um, When I think about, you know, the husband and the wife and their roles, and Mm -hmm. especially when kids are involved, we went to the wild animal park um, here in Southern California several years ago now, probably 10 or 15 years ago. And there was a male lion, female lion, and they had had cubs. And for whatever reason, they left the male lion in this exhibit they don't normally do that but they did they said he was gentle with the cubs so they trusted him and it was feeding time and they were throwing you guys these cow legs I mean huge you know these are lions right they're throwing these chunks of meat off the top of the roof into the exhibit for it was feeding time and the dad comes down and he gets his pick right he gets to get the first one and then the mom um, comes through and she gets hers and then the babies you know the little cubs get to go and get whatever's left right and they had enough and they chomped it down kind of fast and the dad took his all the way up to the top of the hill and he's sitting on the very top you know you can just picture him he's got his paws and the thing in the middle the meat and he's just gnawing at it and the female lion was about halfway up the hill and she was there with hers and the babies were at the bottom and they were just chomping away well they got through theirs pretty quickly and then I watched them go up the hill to the mom lion and they just started like pawing at her and trying to get that hers and nibbling at it. And finally, what I found so amusing is that at finally, she's just exhausted from it. She stands up, leaves the meat, like just have it. Like I'm just done. I, I don't even <laughs> want to fight you with it. So she walks just away. Leave me alone. Yeah. She walks away and then the cubs are like, Rawr, you know, they jump on it. But what I found even more humorous is that they didn't even dare go near the father like they knew (laughs) their best chance without getting killed is i'm gonna go to mom and sure enough she walked away and let him have it and i thought it's the same in every species anyway i digress no no i love that story it's so interesting how you can watch that happen (laughs) and be like okay we're not alone right um but diving back to another verse too, Colossians 3.18, again, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. And then 1 Timothy 2.11, let a woman learn quietly with all submiss- submissiveness. Women should listen and learn quietly and humbly. And that's from both the, well, that one was from the Living Bible Translation. Yeah, you know, this is a... Um it's a verse that is can be hard to read, mm-hmm. you know, to be quite honest, as a woman when you read this. And it seems a little abrasive to read it and say, let a woman learn quietly, meaning you're not allowed to ask questions. What And you're, you first at first glance, it almost seems like you don't matter enough to be able to speak out or to um, to be able to voice a concern or a question. Right. And that you have to do it with submissiveness. And, and that's a word that always yeah, really That'll irritates catch people. Me. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. what does that mean? It means, you know, you're basically bowing and giving um, everything over to the other individual. So I did some research on this, and I just wanted to share this. And it says, 
really like the background on these verses is we have to really understand the situation in which Paul and Timothy were working. And in first century Jewish culture, which is when this was written, women were not allowed to study, which I think is really interesting. And that's really like, of course, that's changed today, right? But back then they were not allowed to study. So when Paul said that women should learn in quietness and full submission, he was actually offering them an amazing new opportunity that was not presented to women in that day. And so Paul didn't want the Ephesian women to teach yet because they hadn't had enough knowledge or experience, but he was willing to, you know, teach them, which again was going against the uh, rituals of the day. So the Ephesian church had a particular problem at this time, which I, I think we need to, to throw out there. They had a problem with false teachers. So evidently, the women were especially susceptible to the false teachings because they didn't know. Mm -hmm. And so as they were learning, so because they didn't have enough biblical knowledge yet to discern the truth. So in addition to this, some of the women were apparently flaunting their newfound Christianity freedom or Christian freedom by wearing inappropriate clothing, which is interesting. And Paul was telling Timothy, Timothy excuse me, not to put anyone, in this case women, into a position of leadership who was not yet mature in the faith. So it's just interesting to look at it through those lenses and say, okay, it's really about giving women an awesome opportunity in that day, number one. Number two, the idea is to bring their knowledge up to speed so they're not susceptible to some of these false teachings that were happening. And third, you know, really, we want to grow their faith, right? so that they have a full understanding and can mm -hmm. then teach others. So I just thought that was interesting to kind of shed some light on that. Well, what I think that you're really um, alluding to is just that some of these verses can be really tricky when you don't have context, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And it's hard yes. to have context around something that was happening 200, 300 years ago, mm -hmm. right? And it and that's really, really challenging. Mm -hmm. And um, we, it, it's even hard for us to have context over something that was happening when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I, I think that you bring up a really good point that, and we'll come back to these verses here in a little bit and just maybe a different way mm -hmm. of looking at them. But I think it does give you some insight into mm -hmm. how we as women, um, ended up here. Right. right. And not just that, but historically, I think even there's been a long history dating back to the late 1700s regarding women and equal rights from women not being able to vote. Mm -hmm. You know, you have Susan B. Anthony and Elizabeth Stanton founding the National Women's Suffrage Association. You look at things like Equal Pay Act, Title IX, Roe v. Wade, Hillary Clinton running for president, Kamala Harris being the first female VP. A lot has happened in the last 300 years, but there's still so many social norms that exist today and in many ways have been built into the psyche of women. And so we really want to think about this concept. How do we serve those around us and pave the way for other women to have a larger voice, which I know is really important to a lot of people, but this inevitably ends up with us trying to make it all work. And you know what else I, it just occurred to me, but women have long been painted as the caretakers of the family and mm -hmm. men the providers, mm -hmm. right? Well, providing can end at 5 p.m. 
you know, caretaking is around the clock right. job. So now I stayed home for 12 years and I have been working, you know, um, after that period of time. So I've done both. I've mm-hmm. lived in both worlds. And um, there is something to it where when you are earning a living, it's like you you feel like you can step back and you can like you you've earned you've you've put your contribution into the pot. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I've provided Mm -hmm. I've worked today. I'm done. I'm out. But when you're caretaking, there really is no oh, you're crying over there and you're upset or oh, gosh, all this laundry needs to get done. But I'm tired. I'm out. You know, like it's it's kind of like other people are relying on you around the clock. So it can become more difficult. So I think that's important to point out Mm -hmm. is that caretaking is not a nine to five job. Yep. No. And it seems like it's probably so much harder today. Yep. For women who I was a single mom. Yeah. Yeah. Had to work all day and do the caregiving and get it home. And that happens a lot. And Mm -hmm. it's really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think also too, it, makes you feel good when you're caring for someone right and I think conversely it can make us feel maybe selfish Mm -hmm. when we prioritize ourselves Mm -hmm. because that's kind of how it's viewed right it's either others or ourselves and um, I I think at times we can feel that the more we're needed maybe the more valued we are Mm yeah and Quite simply, I mean, I, I, I think everybody can relate to this, but it does feel good to help others. And I think this is this is human nature. But I really want us to shift our mindset here, and I think this is where we really get into how we can make this work, is that um, I don't think it's all or nothing. I think that there's definitely a way to look at this differently. And we can honor God, honor our husbands, our children, our friends, and ourselves in a way that is relevant with the times. And our belief is that this is not a zero-sum game, and there is enough care to go around for everyone, ourselves included. And I think it's really interesting, the perspective that you gave, Catherine, Mm -hmm. with love thy neighbor like you love yourself. Well, yeah, we have a lot of love for our neighbors, i.e. those that we care for. Do we love our neighbor like we love ourselves? It's probably something really good to look at Or do we love ourselves like we love our neighbor? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, there are times where I will have the incorrect belief that someone else's needs are more important than my own. Mm -hmm. And it's something where... I don't know if you guys have ever, my grandmother, for instance, if you've ever seen this in a family member, woman in particular, that is preparing dinner and then they don't sit down to eat because they're just always waiting on people and bringing more food. Oh, that isn't hot. Let me go warm that up. And then they run it back and bring it back. And so by the time she actually sat down, I think everybody was done, which is terrible. Right. And I look back to that and it's like, I wish I could go back in time and just stop that whole, all those shenanigans and just Mm -hmm. say, grandma, sit and eat, you know? And I think that that can really um, make its way in families and women can see that and witness that. And it's Mm -hmm. just kind of the way it is, you know? Mm -hmm. The way it's always been Mm -hmm. done. Yeah. So what does God ask of us here? I think that's really an important piece of all of this. Um, So I want to reference... Um, 
3 John 1, 2, and this is from the NIV version. Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting well along. And then obviously you alluded to it earlier, Catherine, but Matthew 22, 39, love your neighbor mm -hmm. as you love yourself. Yeah. Um, I thought you had a really interesting take at relooking at Ephesians 5, 22 through 23, mm -hmm. Catherine. I thought you might be able to share it with us. Yeah. So uh, I think that wives submit to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. And I have another version, the message version, which is really kind of interesting to look at this. It says, wives, understand and support your husbands in ways that show your support for Christ. The husband provides leadership to his wife the way Christ does to his church, not by domineering, but by cherishing, <clears throat> just so just as the church submits to Christ, as he exercises such leadership, wives should likewise submit to their husbands. So I thought that was really interesting and in how they they really talked about the husband providing leadership to his wife, not by domineering, but by cherishing. And I once was in a sermon and the pastor was tackling this, you know, touchy topic. And he painted this picture that I never forgot. And he talked about how the, the husband's job is to lift up the wife. And so it paints this picture of the husband actually lifting up the wife above his head. So if you're picturing that, right? Now, wives are to submit to their husbands. So they are, the picture is her, she is bowing down, right? Down to the floor to submit to her husband. But in hip, in so doing, he's lifting her up. She's bending and bowing down. And so now they're eye level. I thought that was really cool, that picture. And so by both of them doing their part and doing that, now they're honoring God. Yeah. I thought that mm -hmm. was really powerful. I think it's important too, just something that I thought about. It's, you know, it, it we put a lot of emphasis on the wife being submissive to the husband and, and, you know, um, taking care of him and, and his needs. And, but you know, in first Peter three, seven, uh, you know, it says in the same way you husbands must give honor to your wives, treat your wives with respect and understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift to new life. Treat her as you should so that your prayers will be, won't be hindered. So mm -hmm. that is just also saying, you know, husbands are supposed to treat their wives like Christ loved the church. They're supposed to love their wives and treat them with honor, respect. And if they don't, their prayers aren't going to be answered. Mm -hmm. So it's not, you know, it is both sided. It goes, it's the give and take on both ends of it to, for it to be healthy. hundred mm -hmm. percent. I think it's interesting that in that version, it says she may be weaker. I think physically. You, as if it's like a... But it's interesting because like that, if, is that a negative, do you think? Like, I'm just wondering. No, I, I, to me, it's just like she might be mm -hmm. weaker than you are physically, but that has, that, that's not the point here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You and know? it's interesting that maybe they felt like they needed to say that, mm -hmm. like it was a negative or something. Mm -hmm. Like if you aren't yeah. as strong as I am physically, then I get to take charge. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 
Well, I think that when you um, when you look at these verses, and I think this is hard sometimes with the Christian faith, especially um, we've talked about, you, you know, maybe just some not so pleasant experiences we've had when people use Bible verses um, to maybe maybe they use them against you to they help. sort of weaponize mm-hmm. bible yeah. verses mm-hmm. which is interesting i think yeah. that makes it really hard as a christian too mm-hmm. because we, we don't always have the context around right. what was happening at that point in time and i think it's interesting when you really look at it that way um and i i know when we were prepping for this we also talked about another sentiment and i think this was um catherine you had mentioned this too mm-hmm. but in Paul's day, women, children, and slaves were to submit to the head of the family. Mm-hmm. Slaves would submit until they were freed, male, cho- male, male children until they grew up, and women and girls their whole lives. But Paul emphasized the equality of all believers in Christ. But he did not suggest overthrowing Roman society to achieve it. Instead, he counseled all believers to submit to one another by choice. Mm -hmm. Wives to husbands and also husbands to wives. Slaves to masters and also masters to slaves. Children to parents and also parents to children. So this kind of mutual submission preserves order and harmony in the family while it increases love and respect Mm -hmm. among family members. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. And yeah. so, again, it's just all we're trying to do is just provide a little bit of context mm-hmm. around what you might not see or know if you just read a verse, mm-hmm. right? You've got to, like, dig a little bit deeper to better understand the sentiment because right. I do think the sentiment matters. And we can spend days going round and round regarding Bible verses, but I think we would all agree that we'd be honoring God if we were serving one another. Mm-hmm. And I think we'd also all agree that God intends for us to take care of our own bodies, minds, and spirits. Yes. Um, 100%. So let's look at, just as an example, how God treated Mm. women, because I think that can be really indicative as well. Yeah. You know, I found this quote on Christianity.com. It was in an article entitled, "How How Did Jesus Treat Women in the Bible? And there's this quote, and it says, Jesus may well have been labeled a progressive based solely on his treatment and inclusive inclusivity of women. He showed his peers how he viewed women to be equal to men and worthy of honor, respect, and freedom. I really liked that, regardless of your political uh, beliefs today, whether you label it, you know, conservative or progressive. But, you know, Jesus did things and he shook things up. back then you know he did things differently um and it made some of the religious you know pharisees very uncomfortable right and one of those things and by you know he just went against social norms that he did is he regularly addressed women directly while in public Mm -hmm. and -hmm. i think this just really uh showed their value and he was demonstrating publicly that they had value and this was very unusual for a man to do um, there's several examples of this. He also spoke to women who were considered less than. Yeah. And, you know, the Samaritan woman, right, yeah. meeting her at the well. I think of uh, healing the woman who had the bleeding disorder for 12, 12 years. years. 
you know, yeah. she was considered unclean and yet right. he he spoke to her. And so, you know, he there's cast out the demons yeah. from Mary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So many, many examples and there's, you know, more of how he really addressed them publicly and, and helped them. Um, but, you know, he didn't just gloss over the sin right. in the lives of the women he met, but instead he would hold them, you know, personally responsible for their sin, but in a loving way, right? you know, but he would um, tell them to, you know, go and sin no more. I mm-hmm. think of the woman who was um, accused of adultery, mm-hmm. right? And that's where he picked up the rock and though, you know, the we person was writing was, in the sand. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, the person who has never sinned, essentially, you mm-hmm. know, feel free to throw the, throw first, the first stone. stone. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So no, yeah. I heard um, our pastor say, you know, the very story of him bending down and writing in the sand. Nobody knows what he wrote either. Exactly. And he said, I wonder if he wasn't writing out the sins of those men. I know. Wouldn't that be Mm -hmm. eerie? And one by one, they're Uh backing off. Ooh, that's my name. Yeah. I can't pick up that first stone. Yeah. We don't know, but that's a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think too... What we're hoping to get from this portion that we've discussed so far is not really like the back and the forth about the Bible verses necessarily, Mm -hmm. right? It's more that we know that God wants us to use our strengths to be able to help other people and to be able to serve other people. And he also wants us to take care of ourselves and Mm -hmm. prioritize ourselves too. So let's talk about like how we can actually have that and day to day. And, um, I want to just mention this. Um, my, my sister-in-law sent me this quote from a book that she's reading and it's called parenting by Paul Tripp. This is specific to children, but I think you really could substitute other people that we care for in this. But it says when we're God forgetful, we tend to load burdens on our shoulders that we cannot bear. We tend to give way to worry and fear and get weakened by guilt. Perhaps the best thing that you can do for your children is not something you do with them, but something that you do for yourself. Here it is. The most important thing you do for your children is to remember the one who sent you. And in remembering the one who sent you, teach your heart to rest. Mm, that's really good. And I love the, the piece on there, teach your heart to rest. Because this isn't natural, yeah. I think for us. it doesn't come yeah. naturally. It, it has takes to be practice. <laughs> and sometimes I think when it, it, this shows up for me and being really busy, Catherine, mm-hmm. you've admitted to yep. this as well. Yep. But I think sometimes for women, when we choose to serve others, serve others, serve others, I wonder if it's similar to being busy Mm -hmm. and that we're trying to find our value or keep our minds distracted Mm -hmm. from something bigger that we're not addressing. Yeah. I think definitely I, I have, I'm one of those women who, you know, tries to keep herself busy and it's very hard for me to, um, to sit still. Now I've noticed during the course of this pandemic that, I'm watching more TV than I'm comfortable admitting. I am <laughs> letting things go that I probably shouldn't, including my exercise routine. So, you know, there are things that, you know, we battle against, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have to to do that. But 
more often than not in areas where I feel like I can achieve and I can feel good and that, I mean, I throw all of myself into that and I ignore my spiritual needs, my emotional needs for peace and rest. And you know what? It adds up. In fact, they say that your body remembers any sleep deprivation that you have. And so when people say, oh, I'm catching up on my sleep, like if you've ever heard that, yeah. I always thought that's crazy. But actually, that's a real thing. Really? And so if you got six hours two nights ago mm-hmm. and you need eight hours, you still need to get two more hours. And so I believe the opposite to be true with your spiritual and emotional needs. So when you keep going, you keep going, you keep going, and you're finding yourself getting lower and lower and lower in your reserves, then you got to find a way to start pouring back into that, whatever that looks like. And that can be really hard. Yeah, but you know, the saying, you can't pour from an empty cup. Oh, yeah. We cannot pour into other people if we're empty ourselves. And the only way to fill ourselves back up is by self-care. Yeah. By taking that time to spend alone with God each day, to taking some time to go out and take a walk and get some fresh air. Whatever it is that you need to do to pour into Mm -hmm. yourself, Mm -hmm. it's first, it's got to be spiritually for sure. Yeah. Um, But then just to take care of ourselves and I think we sometimes like you're saying we feel like that might be selfish Mm -hmm. and actually it's selfless if we do it in the right manner in a healthy manner not that we love ourselves so much that we put ourselves above everything else but that we love ourselves enough to take care of ourselves and recharge ourselves so that we can pour from a cup that is full here's a way of thinking about it too is it selfish to give 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 because it makes you feel good falsely. Mm. Right. Yes. I guess your motivation. Be. Yeah, what's your motivation? It, right. Yep. And I just want to say like a word of caution too, that if you practice every day putting, let's say, your kids in front of your own needs and it's just giving to them, number one, that's not healthy and good for your kids right. because they tend to believe then that they are more important than they actually are, right? Mm-hmm. And life isn't like that. Right, the world evolves around yeah. them. And second <laughs> is they have this nasty habit of growing up, yeah. right? <laughs> and then they leave. And then you're left with this incredible void of, okay, wait, who am I again? And what do I like? And Oh, Catherine, what? because yeah. your self-worth was in caring yes. for them. And yes. then your self-worth then packs yourself- up a pack, a suitcase, and walks out the door, and there you go. Let me tell you yeah. a little thing that just made me think of that. Mm-hmm. When Carter moved out, and, mm-hmm. you know, my youngest, it was just he and I. When he moved out, the very first time I experienced an anxiety attack, which I had no idea what it was, he had moved out. I was. I didn't feel bad about him moving out. That's what you do. It's time to move on and do your thing. And, but I went to the grocery store and got the cart, and I was going down the aisle, and I started, my heart just started beating really fast, and the room felt like it was closing in around me, and I didn't understand what was going on. I had no idea what I was to shop for for myself. I was so used to, oh, he likes this kind of cereal, Mm -hmm. Carter needs that, don't forget to get this, that I stood there not even knowing what I wanted. Wow. And ended up leaving the grocery store with with the cart in the middle of the aisle and sitting in my car with tears just pouring down my face and just having a hard time breathing. And that was what it was 
about that very wow. So you extend that into not just grocery shopping and what kind of food, but you look at like what books do I like, yes. what movies, what music, what exercise, what hobbies, what yes. you don't know any of that because you are so disconnected. Yeah. And so it doesn't necessarily have to be just with kids. This could be like an aging parent. Yeah. that you're taking care of that can be exhausting. Mm-hmm. It can be someone who isn't well, that's ill, that you're having to take care of. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be whatever. Um, you know, maybe your husband works a very demanding job, and so you've got to not only work but care for everything around the house. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a lot of different ways that this yeah. can play out. Yeah. So whatever it looks like, I think it's important to, number one, value yourself enough mm-hmm. to say, I'm worth it. Is that L'Oreal? You're worth it. <laughs> You're right? worth it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, yep. and I think we've talked about this before, but there's a couple of things that I think that we can really try and focus on here. Just five quick things that I jotted down just from various sources. And um, the first two we've definitely talked about a lot, but your daily habits matter. And we have to constantly ask ourselves, are we prioritizing our schedule or scheduling our priorities? And if I was to look at your schedule, let's just say you put everything that you do every single day into a calendar, right? Which you probably do. (laughs) How else are you supposed to stay organized? (laughs) (laughs) But in all seriousness, I would want you to look at my calendar and Mm -hmm. say, yeah, that reflects what's important to Kristen. Right. Right? right? I would want you to see that I'm spending time in the word. I would mm-hmm. want you to see that I'm spending time with my husband. I'd want you to see that I'm working out, that I'm that I'm investing a lot of time at work because I like that, that I'm spending time with friends. And there's times where I've actually done this with people at work, more so just to show, like if you really write down everything yeah. that you do mm-hmm. for three days, like every single thing that you do for how long you did it, it's really mind-blowing to look back and see how much time you're wasting on stuff that doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. And so we can take that into our personal mm-hmm. lives as well, right? And to think about how many things you do for other people that really is maybe serving yourself because mm-hmm. maybe those other people don't need you to do those things. They mm-hmm. didn't ask you to do those yeah. things, you know? Or maybe you're doing it as an avoidance because you really don't want to do the one thing you got to do. Exactly. Procrastination is at work. Yeah. You're going to do something you don't need mm-hmm. to do. You know, get involved in something you don't need to do. The second thing is starting your day in the word with quiet time. And I think this really, really helps you, one, give yourself time. And I think, look, it doesn't have to be at the beginning of the day, but I do – I personally like the beginning mm, of the day too. because I feel like I'm starting the day yeah. strong. Mm-hmm. I right? do too, Kristen, and I feel like when we start the day getting the vertical, our vertical relationship mm-hmm. correct and lined up with God, when we spend time with him first and foremost, then everything on the horizontal will end up falling into place just a little easier. I agree. Absolutely. So if you, if you, the third thing would be that believing that saying no is okay. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would encourage you that if you do, whether you're as, as detailed about looking at like a three day look back at everything that you did or not, mm-hmm. I would, I would really challenge you to look back at things that you could have said no to and like everything would have been just fine had you said no. Yeah. And remember that no is a complete sentence. Yeah, mm. I love that. You don't need to give <laughs> don't reasons. Don't have to have an yes. excuse or <laughs> back it up with that. Uh-huh. 
Um, and then two more things. Um, one would be finding your stress reliever, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's really important, whether that's, again, maybe it's additional time in the word for you yeah. as a stress reliever. I know that it, that works for me. Time with friends, reading, working out. Okay, I just out. have to laugh because my list would be so completely different than yours. Yours says working out, <laughs> time with friends, and reading. Mine would probably be like more Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Cuddling with dog. I don't know. It would just, it's just, yeah. but you're I tend to watch like, a lot of murder documentaries and yeah. those actually just cause more stress yeah. and anxiety. Get yeah. my heart racing. Yeah. They don't really calm me down. Yours are just usually so self improvement. It's just so funny. I'm but sorry. Whatever I it is, right? Whatever, whatever. it is. Yeah, whatever it is. You want to watch murder documentaries? You go for it. I know. Um, and then the last, I would say, and I think this goes back to one of the quotes at the beginning, but just be present. Mm-hmm. Right. Be put your phone down. Be in the moment. Allow yourself, it, it, especially I would say for us women, if you're doing something for yourself, mm-hmm. let yourself be present. Yeah. yeah. Right. Your a kids, present is a present. Yeah. Your, yes. your kids will figure out what to make for dinner in the example mm-hmm. that my hairdresser gave. Right. Yes. And um, things. I don't know. There's a time and a place. Right. So obviously. um I tend to say a lot, like, I'm not a brain surgeon, mm-hmm. right? I'm not a doctor that's on call for the ER. I don't have to have my phone on me all right. the time. Right. Um, if you need me bad enough, you'll find me in the mm-hmm. hour that I don't have my phone. And so um, I think that's really important as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. You so know, I, I hope that in talking through this topic, I, w- I would say three things that we are hoping for, right? That one – you um, have felt heard, mm-hmm. right? This is something that I think a lot of people can resonate with. Two, you're not alone. And three, I hope you leave feeling empowered and willing to create more and in your life. Um, and that's time to care for your family and yourself and that you, you matter for sure. Um, any other closing thoughts, you guys? I think this is just such a powerful topic. I'm so grateful that you brought this, you know, today, Kristen, and I feel that it really transcends and, you know, touches a lot of people in a lot of different ways. So it's a really applicable topic. And, you know, remember that you you matter not only to yourself, but to God. And it's important. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are his daughter. And I know today we talked a lot about women and how they looked, you know, throughout time and and whatnot, but you know, God felt it important enough to create a partner for Adam. And right. you know what? Women, they just bring something a little different, you know, a little unique. And I think that each of us individually really matter. We can't we can't gloss over that. Yeah. Love it. I've enjoyed the conversation. Thanks so much. Yeah, yeah, thank you guys. We're so grateful for your feedback as always. Please let us know what you're liking and not about our episodes or this episode in particular. One thing that is really tough with podcasts, and we've all talked about it, is that it's very one-sided. Um, you mm-hmm. don't really know how other people are feeling or responding to what we're saying. Two-way conversations are always a lot easier, so feedback would be great. Please visit our website at reboundingfaith.com and continue to share with your loved ones and those in need. We thank you so much, and we hope you have a great rebounding week. Yes, have a good one, guys. Thank you for joining us. Come and join us next week, and be sure to like and subscribe to Rebounding Faith.